Welcome to the alternative. The alternative. Radio questions virtual reality. Sponsored by ISEDN.org. Is there life beyond the big four search engines? Are webmasters spending more than they need to? Or leaving money on the table? What opportunities exist on the margins? Spend the next hour exploring paid and free alternatives to the major search engines. Now, step into the alternative with your host, Jim Hedler. Welcome to The Alternative on WebmasterRadio.fm, brought to you by the Independent Search Engine and Directory Network, and brought to you from formerly sunny Victoria, British Columbia. Somebody has turned on the winter switch, and any winter is the time of my discontent. We got a uh, we got a really busy show today. This is actually a really exciting one today. I've our regular contributor, Dave Davies, on in a few moments to talk about some of the news items that are... Uh, permeating through the search world this week. We also have um, we got a, we got a couple of great guests today. We have Tim Daly from Sentech.com. Tim is one of the lead, uh, I guess you'd call him an activist, uh, fighting against click fraud. We also have Garrett French, formerly of Think Partnership, uh, from Market, formerly from Mar- Market Smart Interactive. He will be on later on in the show. Now, to start the show, um, you know, I, I, I got a bit of a rent ready to go, and um, the more I think about it, the more this really just gets me in the stomach, and sometimes a person has just got to put their foot down. Now, I'm tired of a certain overused phrase. If I see this phrase in print, or if I hear the vile utterance fall carelessly in conversation, you know, I'm going to be moved to, to throttle, to bend, to spindle, to spindle, or to otherwise immediately mutilate whatever's closest. You know, whatever's closest at hand. At first, I thought this was a phase I was going through, like an ill-time virus or, you know, the crazies that are brought out by, like, a deep full moon. Apparently, my aversion to this phrase is not a passing phase. I felt this way since San Jose and, you know, perhaps a little bit longer. The phrase is the big three. Using the big three as a descriptor is like, like pure drivel. In many ways, it's been like that for a long time. But until recently, it was, I guess, as useful as any other generality. Now, this might seem kind of stupid. I shouldn't let myself get worked up over this sort of thing. You know, it's really trivial. I'm going to inherit a doctor telling me to mellow out. Nobody wants that, that sort of thing in their lives. But we're in the business of defining a business environment, so things like this really do matter. They're not trivial. Um, words matter. There is no big three. If there is a big three, you'd have to call them Yahoo, Microsoft, and ask. Google is in a league of its own. So when, when we're looking at this search environment, we're talking about the largest search entities. Um, let's leave Google out of the equation because they are the largest search entity. Afterwards, you've got, you got the three pretenders that are coming up behind it, and then you have a whole bunch of second- and third-tier engines, many of which we're trying to represent on this show. I'm glad to have got that off my chest. Um, this is a quick warning for Dave, who's coming on in just a few seconds. Dave, let's not talk about the big three ever again. Okay, I'm glad I got that off my chest. I feel a hell of a lot better. Um, I'd like to bring Dave into the conversation now, and I'd like us to go over some of the some news items. Hello, Dave, Jim. are you there? I'm here. How's it going today, man? Going very well, very well indeed. How are you? Oh, I'm good. Now, the, I guess the listeners don't, don't necessarily know this, but you're actually just down the road from me right now. I am indeed. Did somebody ask you about flipping on the rain? I mean, my God, it's horrible <laughs> out there. It's winter. I'll be thankful the rest of the country has snow. Yeah, I am thankful the rest of the country has snow. Yeah, I'm totally thankful for that. Okay, um, 
let's just jump right in. We got a whole wide range of things to talk about in the news today. We have Google Jotspot. We have the U.S. election, which is like coming up next Tuesday. Uh, we have a stupid Halloween prank played at eBay the other night. At least what I'm hoping is a stupid Halloween prank. We have AOL Yahoo. We got Google and their problems with the use of the, English, of the new English language, AOL, or Ask and Lycos, etc. What do you think about Jotspot? Google just bought Jotspot. What's that all about, Dave? Yeah, there's there's quite a, a this and that about the, about the whole thing. Um, I think a, a lot of people are, are are trying sort of misinterpreting this as um, some sort of effort to to bring in more. Uh, I think what they're what they're trying to do here, uh, like if we take a look at, at their two founders, uh, Joe Kraus and uh, Graham Spencer, coincidentally uh, Stanford graduates, um, like uh, like a couple other boys at Google that we know. Um, this this has the the smackings of being more of a grabbing of knowledge and, and grabbing of of technologies rather than than trying to acquire um, you know something new like with the YouTube dealer or something like this. Um, they already have versions of pretty much everything that Jotspot has. Um, you know the, the spreadsheets Google has and all, all of these sorts of things. Um, but Jotspot did a very very good job. Uh, they're they're highly technical people with some great ideas. Um, it looks to, to be a move of, of Google just trying to acquire some technology to, to advance on what they're doing and, and uh, maybe take a little, uh, a little notch out of Microsoft while they're at it. Well, Google seems to be going for collaborative products. I mean, I, I, my, my take on Jotspot is this is a, uh, it's a wiki, so you can work with a team. You can, uh, you can work on a document and have other people work on a document. And this makes me think of their purchase of uh, Rightly and of... Um, Google spreadsheets. They seem to be getting this whole collaborative office effort going. Oh, most definitely. Most definitely. Um, now, one has to ask, why are they doing this? Like, they, nobody well, I was will second guess whether the Google people are brilliant. Um, now, what are they trying to do here? Coincidentally, these are all office products. I, I've seen some arguments that, well, this isn't going to attack. This isn't going to get the big businesses. Uh, Google doesn't monetize off big businesses, particularly. I mean, certainly there are some cases, but their, their largest market share is us. Uh, and so if they can pull the us who would rather uh, use a free tool from Google than pay Microsoft for yet another thing, uh, I think they're going to. I think it falls under the, you know, it may not be a win for me, but it's a loss for my enemy uh, kind of approach to things. And, and if they can hit Microsoft and take some of their market share away, they can offer something free for Microsoft and, uh, uh, and, and put their properties in front of the eyes of the visitors instead of, uh, instead of a, a you know, Microsoft Word logo or something like that. So this is sort of a, a predatory purchase of a sort, keeping it keeping it out of the hands, not only out of the hands of their competitors, but you know, taking a serious shot at, at some of their competitors' capabilities. I would definitely say so. I would definitely say so. Now that can't be the only way that it's looked at. I mean, that that's to sort of undermine Jotspot as um, you know something useless. It does fall under the Google philosophy of the way the web should work. We should all be able to interact with each other. Um, these sorts of things. So I think it is a natural um, step for them. You know, these are these are. You know, again, these are guys from Stanford, so, <laughs> um, you know, there's, there's some ties there and, and there's some pleasantries, I'm sure. Uh, brilliant people in their own right. It is very compatible with, uh, with some of Google's products. So I think it is a natural thing, but I'm sure in the back of their mind they're going, yeah, and if we can take office, um, you know, or, or at least take a great big bite out of it, um, you know, that is going to hurt Microsoft. And the more you can hurt Microsoft, uh, the bigger they'll be, so. Well, speaking of Microsoft, um, this, this might be a bit of a curveball for you, Dave, but um, there was a story that came out in the BBC yesterday. Um, 
written by uh, their tech editor, Darren Waters. And uh, it, it came from the uh, Internet Forum, the UN Internet Forum, that's happening in, uh, in Athens right now. A senior Microsoft executive, Fred Tipson, he's the senior policy counsel for Microsoft, is quoted in the BBC saying concerns over China, China's repressive regime, might force Microsoft to reconsider doing business with China. Um, to quote Fred Tipson, quote, things are getting bad, and perhaps we have to look again at our presence there. We have to decide if the persecution of bloggers reaches a point that it's unacceptable to do business there. Um, Microsoft, the world's largest software manufacturer, and one of the world's largest corporations, is actually talking about using its weight to put political pressure on China, getting out of China if they don't clean up on the Human Rights Act. Do you, I mean... Should we take Mr. Tipson seriously here, or um, is he is he just saying things that he thinks the UN conference wants to hear? You know, I mean, this is this is a huge debate. I mean, we could we could go on to this for, for many hours. Um, you know, even even if what he is saying is true and accurate, and that is the intention, you can then get into the debate: is that the right thing to do? Um, is that actually going to make uh, China a more democratic nation? Um, these sorts of things. Historically speaking, I don't think Microsoft pulling out is all of a sudden going to make China go, hey, I know, we've got to stop doing this stuff. Um, so is having you know, Google and Microsoft there at least giving the option and the, the, the push um, to actually maybe create some changes or, or creating something of a culture and giving access to some additional information? Uh, is that better? To me, I would say yes. Uh, it is better to have these properties there. What I, what, I, what I see happening here, I think this is kind of funny. We have what, what I've been calling the tech gang of four. You know, Microsoft, Cisco, Yahoo, and Google, the four, four largest um, search and software, and, and I guess in Cisco's case, hardware companies, Internet companies, working directly in China. Um, and I think, it was, I think it was Yahoo who last year called for a... Uh, sort of like a roundtable of all these companies for the tech gang of four to get together and use their collective clout to apply pressure on the regime in China. Um, I haven't heard anything of that since. And of the, of the tech gang of four, this is the first I've actually heard somebody seriously saying, we might pull out. Again, you know, I'm uncertain how, how serious I, to take it. I think if nothing else, it is bringing up here we are on the radio discussing it. Like, it is bringing this uh, to the limelight again. This is a major property. You know, that may be the only thing that he was trying to accomplish. Maybe he's trying to get this, this round table going and, and get people actually working together. Yeah, if all four were pondering pulling out, then I think we would have, have China's attention. Yeah, um, and then a serious conversation on it. Well, you know, speaking of, speaking of politics, and this is a, this, that's a totally political topic, um, probably the, I mean, the biggest horse race uh, ever in, in in international politics is uh, is U.S. elections. I mean, everybody watches U.S. elections, even if you're not an American citizen. And midterms are coming up on uh, on Tuesday. Yeah, there's a lot of resources out on the web for uh, people who are interested in actually becoming informed voters. Uh, it would be Lovely to see people become informed voters, voters in our society. This is, of course, a society where more people voted for uh, the winner of American Idol than actually voted for president. Um, but we have midterms coming up. Now, 
Dave and I, uh, I'm gonna, if you don't mind, Dave, I'm going to speak for you for a second here. We're both Canadians, and it's really, uh, really daunting to imagine telling another people from another country, citizens of another nation, how they should vote. Now, I, I don't want to tell people how they should vote, but I want to urge people to get out and vote and to seriously research their candidates. And Dave, do you know of any tools out there that might help people do some of this research? Um, well, one of the things, is, you know, it depends what route you want to go. Uh, but I'm gonna gonna pull two. There there are tons and tons and tons of them. Uh, but I'm a big fan of of the bloggers uh, and the blogs. Now you have to take everything they say with a grain of salt. You got to take everything that's on Fox News with a grain of salt. Um, so you know you you really need to take a hard look. In my opinion, anyway, at both sides. Take a look at both arguments. Um, not just visiting the Republican and Democratic websites, but going to the blogs. Um, you know, listening to people like. Um, you know, Rush Limbaugh on the on the right wing side. Oh, okay. Um, you know, and, and like uh, like a John Stewart or Stephen Colbert, and take you know sort of twist what they're having to say and, and figure out what their actual intentions are, um, and 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 pay attention to the to the left wing as well, and and really just try and try and come out making a, an intelligent decision. I mean, this is an election where I mean, even the internet and the state of the internet is, uh, and and the rules surrounding it uh, are, are theoretically at stake here. Um, you know, with with the internet essentially being uh, being sold to like AT and T and things like that, or or, or given to them. So um, there there are some really big issues here that are going to have a huge impact on everybody uh, on the internet. People who host uh, small websites, it'll it'll work well for the eBay's of the world. Um, you know, who have budgets to pay to get the extra bandwidth. But you know, for the smaller websites, for for people who can't afford to to pay to have priority treatment um, of their packets across the web. Um, this is a, a really important election. So regardless of what side you're voting on, it is really important to, to take a look at the, the opinions of the people who, who you're going to be voting, what is their impression, not just of the Internet, of course, but um, of, of all the things that are going on, and, and take a look and make sure that, that they side with what you're doing and uh, maybe don't vote uh, specifically party-oriented, but sort of throw back to the origin of democracy and vote for the person who's, who's going to be representing you. God, wouldn't that be a trip, eh? Um, <laughs> now, you're clearly, you're talking about net neutrality. That was the, the issue that you were, you were mentioning. And um, there is one resource I found, which I, I, actually I just came across the other day. Um, I think Gary Price wrote something about it in uh, research on Resource Shelf. Um, Ask.com Smart Answers has a fairly in-depth look at um, each of the major races, goes into uh, the can- each of the candidates in, in, in all of the major contests, um, and uh, it's probably, from my, my quick research, uh, the fastest and easiest way for U.S. Uh, electors to, to actually do some serious research on their candidates. Now, something you said earlier made me think about uh, Net Neutrality, Dave, and i am probably got a bit of a rant to go on again. Um, I think I'm going to save that towards the end of the show. We're running out of time for our segment, so I want to really quickly move on to um, two potential deals, one real deal and one potential deal that, um, that are out there right now. The real deal is Ask and Lycos, and the potential one is AOL Yahoo. But let's jump to Ask Lycos first, because that, that was announced yesterday, and it's the first thing I've heard from Lycos in uh, who the heck knows how long. So, Dave? Yeah. Oh, you're still on the line. Excellent. Okay. Um, yeah, sorry. I was, I was waiting for, uh, for a question or, or those sorts of things. Oh, no, um, I'm just making statements today. <laughs> um, so I guess it's it sort of, is this, a, is this a good thing? I think, if nothing else, it's a very interesting thing. Uh, and you're right, it's, it's been a long time since we've heard, uh, heard from Lycos. What's going to happen with this when, when 
sort of Google does something or when uh, when you know Yahoo does something, uh, it, it's much more easy to predict um, you know sort of sort of what's going to become of it. Um, in this one, I'm almost in sort of a yeah, let's uh, let's sort of watch and wait and, and see uh, exactly what they make because there isn't a huge precedent that that I have to watch um, to sort of understand what what these people are are doing and, and what they're doing when they're when they're <laughs> sort of joining forces. Um, well, yeah, from, as I understand it, as I understand it, Ask is going to be supplying all of the search results, all of the image search, the uh, uh, paid or sponsored search, and organic search results to Ask, or I'm sorry, to Lycos, knocking Microsoft, knocking Live.com out of that position. And um, I think uh, I think we should watch this one. And I, I know that Ask and Lycos tend not to rate high on the um, on the search marketer radar screen. But I think this is uh, I think this is indicative of Ask finally starting to make some moves and looking for partnerships outside of the of the the, the major search sphere, and um, I'm actually really excited about it. Um, I've always, ever since the early days, I've always been uh, at a soft spot for Lycos, although I haven't really been pleased with them in the last what five or six years. But to see um, Ask and Lycos get together, I'm hoping it's good for both of them. Indeed, indeed, and I mean, I think in that tangent, you are right. Like seeing Ask do some some interesting things. I mean, you know, heck, they throw the best parties already at, uh, at the strategies conferences. So, um, you know, <laughs> I look forward to seeing what they got coming down the road with this one. Um, but and seeing seeing them make some movements forward. I mean, they're they're an excellent engine with some some marvelous technology. So, in that tangent, uh, I think it is great just to see um, them doing something. Uh, unique in, in, in regards to their distribution and, and really getting it out there. Um, but okay, what's going to come of it is, is a little more difficult to predict. We're down to our last last 45 seconds for this segment, Dave. i got to ask, to Google or not to Google, is there a stupider question? <laughs> um, I mean, my goodness, speaking of ask, ask would love people to say, I asked on the Internet. They would love it. Mm-hmm. So what's up with Google? Why can't, you, why can't I Google you? Ain't this a free country? <laughs> well, if you ask the folks who Google, you can Google anything. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it, it's interesting. I mean, I don't know what tangent to go on here. We've only got a couple seconds here left, so uh, maybe something to wait for our, uh, our segment next week and, and really launch into uh, into Googling and and uh, and all of that, and uh, maybe even a little a little touch on uh, the Google. Uh, on the Google, yes, I want to look at my ranch on the Google, <laughs> Dave. Thank you so much. Um, this is this has been fun. I'm sorry we didn't have more time to talk about some of this stuff because I know we could have gotten right into it. <laughs> um, friends, we're going to be taking a short break here on WebmasterRadio.fm. When we come back, we're going to be speaking with Tim Daly from Sentech.com. The alternative on WebmasterRadio.fm. We'll be back after this short commercial break. Wow, looks like you caught another one. Yeah, thanks. That uh, makes 23 so far. You're kidding me. I haven't caught a thing yet. Really? Well, what kind of bait are you using? Same as you. Well, then maybe it's where you're fishing. What do you mean? Well, if you want to catch fish, don't throw your line out in the middle of a big lake. Take a smart look around for where the fish congregate, like over by this log. So I just have to look smart, huh? That's right. It's all about fishing where the fish are. Learn how you can fish where the fish are. Go to signup.looksmart.com. Signup.looksmart.com. 
It's no secret. Linking with relevant sites is a dynamic way to enhance site traffic. Avoid using unethical practices to promote your website. Obtain quality, relevant links with linksmanager.com. Since 1999, linksmanager.com has been the leading choice for managing link campaigns by thousands of websites. Editor-based link management software makes relevant link exchange ethical, fast, and easy. No software to install. Free unlimited support. Try linksmanager.com free for 30 days. Accept no limitations. Dude, fishing in Costa Rica is going to be awesome. Amen, bro. Now that ValueClick Media netted FastClick, we've got one of the largest online advertising networks fishing us for big bucks. You know, while we're out catching snapper. Hey, Steve, you're coming too, right? No, I'm still using BanizRUs.com. I can't afford to be away. You've got to work with ValueClick Media. i got this great account manager who's easy to work with, and they have access to the best advertisers and earn me high rates. Don't worry. We'll bring back pictures. Yeah, terrific. Visit ValueClick Media now and click on Solutions for Publishers for more details. Value Click Media. And now, transport back into the alternative on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here's your host, Jim Hedger. Hi, welcome back to the alternative on WebmasterRadio.fm. This is going to be a fun segment. We have Tim Daly from Centech.com. Um, a little bit of background on Tim before we before we bring him in. Tim is the uh, vice, senior vice president. Search facts and marketing strategy for Sentech that uh, makes him responsible for testing new concepts with new clients, launching new marketing and business channels, and pretty much overseeing the search engine marketing team. Um, prior to working with Sentech, Tim was senior marketing manager at Office Depot's direct marketing department. Um, grew the Office Depot site from 850 million to 2.5 billion, and. Uh, Tim has a master's degree from Lowry Mays School at Texas A&M, School of Business at Texas A&M, and also a bachelor's degree in economics from State University of New York at Onada. Uh, Tim, welcome to The Alternatives. Uh, thanks for having me, Jim. So, Tim's, uh, Tim wrote an article in the October 2nd edition of DM News, and incidentally, folks, you can find this on, at dmnews.com if you go to their uh, archive section. On page 14 of the October 2nd edition, Tim's article, Click Fraud, Now a Mainstream Issue, uh, it, it really caught my eye. The, the biggest reason it caught my eye is it outlines eight specific points that the, the major search engines, Google and Yahoo specifically, could easily implement to minimize or even eliminate click fraud. And uh, before we get into those, uh, Tim, could you tell us a little bit about Sentec? Oh, uh Thanks, Jim. Um, Sentech is a uh, is a interactive direct response uh, services agency. So very interesting. You know, the combination of the two is that we're really focused on the multi-channel elements of what's going on there in in, in the uh, marketing environment today. So really, our core competencies are really in the areas of direct response, television, online performance uh, media, as well as well as a core competency in the areas of search engine marketing. Um, we just also actually got into the business of media management, where our company has a joint venture relationship with the Home Depot, uh, where we are managing all the advertising assets on HomeDepot.com. Oh, that's interesting. That must be huge. Uh, it, it's starting to get big. There's a lot of traction. It's been going for a couple months, and it only takes a little bit of time to, to get a media program going. So things are, are definitely moving in the right direction there. 
Well, I've, I've always known, I mean, Fentech is far more than just a search engine marketing agency now, though I've, I've always known them as a search engine marketing industry uh, agency. But you're doing paper performance, direct response TV, um, response tracking and optimization. I'm, I'm kind of curious about exactly what that is. Oh. And as you said, integrated online marketing. You, you guys have grown. Yeah, I mean, uh, we we are, uh, if you look at us as, as an agency in the media that we manage, uh, we manage over $100 million in media every year. Uh, we've been in business since 1996, so, you know, that's 10 years in this in this industry, and that makes you a dinosaur to a degree. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we, we got our roots really in the direct response area, and it was really the vision of our, C, uh, of our CEO, Paul Soltoff, who saw the convergence of direct response television and the Internet coming together where we were seeing that response was leaving the phones and going to the web. And people started changing their consumer behaviors and going online, and, uh, and which is what got us into the interactive space and that cross-period of the, or the marketing fusion and, uh, that we talk about of offline and online. Um, when it comes to response optimization, and that really tells you about what Centec is and what we kind of try to do, is that when we saw this loss of response and direct response to television, we actually built technology to help us try to gauge how much of this traffic that used to come to the phones was going online, and you could actually allocate it back to the DRTV spots that you were running in local markets at a specific time. So we created a, uh, a technology called IFAX, uh, which is, is, is a patent-pending technology that does its best you know, with 98% accuracy to correlate an order that comes in online and say it, it was a result of this TV ad actually running in St. Louis Marketplace at 4.30 p.m. on this channel. Well, you know what's funny? You can track, your company can track responses from television advertising, which is not connected by wires or by electronics to the web. Yet, and we're, we're, this is my wonderful segue into click fraud, Yet, Google and Yahoo seem to have issues tracking invalid clicks. So it's, you guys got a technology that, 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 you know, uses off, that, mer- that tracks offline advertising with a 98%, uh, 98% accuracy. Yet the largest computing corporations in the search market can't adequately track click fraud. Which brings us to the uh, the idea of click fraud, and I, I, you know I'm going to call you a click fraud activist. From from my reading of, of what you've been up to, you you're almost evangelical in your your your, your mission about click fraud. That, that that is a great way to put it. <laughs> evangelical. I've never heard that it said that way, but that is absolutely right down the line of where I am. Well, what's the in your estimation? What's what's the deal with click fraud? Well, I mean. It, it, it's about the desire to accept re- responsibility for it. Uh, I mean, it, it really goes down the line. And you think about other industries uh, that have had challenges, and let's take a look at, like, the newspaper industry and a lot of the, the issues they've had with proper reporting and circulation. And there actually had to be, and now maybe I'll get this wrong, but there's actually, like, a, a National Bureau of Circulation now that is, a, that is formed to actually validate the truth behind what paid subscriptions actually existed with all of these newspaper manufacturing companies because they were falsifying the amount of impressions or the number of impressions they had essentially 
which was the delivery of their newspapers, and being able to raise up their rate cards to actually get a higher advertising spend through fraudulent dissemination of how many newspapers they actually printed and delivered. And reasonable people like ourselves can can easily agree that's a no-no. Yeah, an absolute no-no, especially for us in the advertising industry. So, and, you know, that's just one instance. If you look through just about any industry that has come up in the media area, you get to that breaking point of when you need to start thinking about self-regulation and, and, and better ways by which to manage the potential drawbacks to your medium and in making sure that greed does not supersede responsibility, uh, which really gets into you know, the areas that really, where makes me evangelical is that I believe that every company has a, has a responsibility to be corporately responsible to its stakeholders, not its shareholders, its stakeholders, and that's everybody that's involved. Well, and who, it, who, who are Google's st- stakeholders in this case? The stakeholders are Google, the advertisers, and the consumers, and in, in many cases, the, uh, the intermediaries, intermediaries being search arbitragers, publishing networks, uh, all these people who are their distribution partners. So okay, those and, are the stakeholders and, in place. Now, and Google's letting them down. Google's not, and, and I'll include Yahoo in this as well. Um, mm-hmm. You say they're not being responsible to their stakeholders. Mm-hmm. Um, at the risk of sounding like an ignorant radio show host, could you outline for the guests how? Well, I mean, I believe, you know, my, my personal feelings are from sitting in the seats that I see, is that there is more weight being provided to certain stakeholders in the mix than other stakeholders in the mix. So, the, you know, thank, God, thank Google for what they do for consumers because they provide a wonderful experience. They're, they're just a terrific company when it comes to the consumer. I, I use Google all the time. Uh, probably 80 to 85% of my, uh, my search requests are done through Google. Uh, and probably the other 15% are really done through Ask.com when I'm using it on a personal level. And, you know, they do great by the consumer. But it's after that point in time is where are they doing great next? And to me, it's themselves. And the question is, should you put yourself before the others? And where it really goes down to and where the, where the rubber meets the road is, is are they truly out there enforcing their editorial guidelines? And that is where the questions start arising. Because click fraud is a lot more than what I think most people think it is out there, that it's these automated robots that just click, 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 or some guy in, uh, you know, in Namibia, Africa, who's been paid a certain amount of money just to click on a link all day. It's well beyond that. It's become much more sophisticated, and it's crossed the areas into the area of search arbitrage. And that's in domain parking where, where the predominance of it is today. Okay. Um, well, what can Google do about it? What could, what could the major search engines do about this? I mean, it, it seems to me that if, there's a, if you give webmasters a way to make money, ethical or unethical, there's going to be people jumping in, again, either on the ethical side or the unethical side. What can Google do to deal with the more unethical? It's really putting foot soldiers out there and really doing the proper policing and the monitoring that's, it's, that's needed. I mean, these guys are making like 90% margins on all this stuff. They're making huge gobs of profits. I mean, Google's right up there with ExxonMobil right now with the types of profits that they're getting on the bottom line. No, certainly. You know, I'd love to be an employee there and have those stock options they'd have. 
But the other side of that is, is they need to make investments to basically protect their business. And, you know, one of the things that's big out there that if you take a look through Google's guidelines and in their, in their subsection of landing page and site quality guidelines, and basically it basically says, you know, within there is that in their copy, in general, build pages that provide substantial useful information to the end user. If your ad does not link to a page, if your lad does link to a page of cons- uh, consisting of mostly ads or general search results, you need to provide additional information beyond what the user may have already seen in your ad or on the page prior to clicking on an ad. So I ask you, Jim, how many times have you gone out into Google and you clicked on an ad and it gives you a whole bunch of set of ads from Yahoo? Uh, well, it's happened to you more than once, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I don't want to name any of the companies. We don't uh, need to name names. We've all been there. We've all seen it. Everybody will acknowledge and raise that's listening that, yeah, that's happened to me. Well, how did that happen when Google's rules say this can never, never, ever, ever, ever happen? You can't have your ad up there, but they're allowing the ads. Are they complicit, or do they just not have the resources to actually do it? I'd like to believe it's part two, and they need to get a policing unit out there to start patrolling it. And algorithms and statistical models, unfortunately, Larry and Sergi are going to have to acknowledge this time that alone isn't going to do the trick. Um, is there anything else they could do? Is there anything technical they could do from the, from the back end without actually having to have human fingers on the keyboard? Well, one of the things that I acknowledged in my uh, in my the, the uh, article that you pointed out with the eight points uh, is is that if you take a look and you get into the click the click fraud and in in piece of it and you start looking at the web logs, one of the things that you find is that many of the distribution partners that they work with distribute these ads, and it's not really it's Google, it's really the other guys, and I won't name names on that one either. But it's the other players. Google's is 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 very ethical on this in the lines of the web logs. Is that many of these other players? You will see is that technology has been written by the ad distribution network guy to not allow for the dist- the passing of the referring URL, which shows where the ad actually showed up. So to me, if a distribution partner is not willing to show where that ad showed, then basically they don't have a right to show the ad. And that's a very, very quick way to end a lot of it because they've just opened the door to being caught. Well, I mean, uh, you, you've, as the advertiser, I'd, I'd assume that you've purchased that click. Should you not have a right to know what you're paying for? You absolutely should. And with every other marketing medium out there, there is a proof that a, 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 a medium that the, uh, the, the media outlets have to provide that they actually either showed the TV ad or ran the radio spot, they actually have to provide proof. In this world, they don't have to show proof because they actually removed the, the referring URL, and you can't really figure out, did it, was it really there or, or wasn't it there? Was it a pop-up ad that actually drove it and not really search results? You unfortunately cannot tell because you cannot go find the destination of where that ad was served. To, to me, oh. that's problematic. To, to step out on a bit of a limb, um, could you estimate a percentage of clicks that could be considered click fraud or invalid clicks? Putting me on the spot there, man. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I will tell you, if you had this conversation with me about a year and a half ago, I was one of those people that said click fraud wasn't a big issue, that 
you, you know, it, it's just a slight nuisance and an annoyance and that, you know, you can just embed it with it. You've got to embed it as a cost of doing business. And my eyes were opened in about March of this year. So, I mean, if you go out and write in search arbitrage and Tim Daly into Google, you'll find my, my uh, ongoing, you know, evangelical stance out there about what's been going on, specifically search arbitrage and click fraud and how it's become one. And, uh, you know, the light was shown to me when I started looking through these web logs and seeing what was going on with a couple of my clients and comparing it from March of this year to July of last year, or the year before. So March of 2006 to July of 2005. And you just see this environment within the web logs just completely changed. Uh, and what you're seeing is, is that all of more, more and more, it used to be like 5% of my web logs would have a missing referring URL. And now it's like 15 to 20%. And you've got to scratch your head and ask why. You start taking a look at the percentage of the traffic that's actually coming from the parent site, for example, Google or Yahoo, and what's coming from their distribution sites. And then when you start going and taking a look at some of these websites and go to Alexa.com and punch in some of these search arbitrage guys, that if you go out, obviously, go, you know, I'm not going to name names, go out, run some searches, and figure out who the search arbitragers are, Go take their, their, their websites, put it into Alexa, and watch and look. It is amazing, this growth level that really drove me. And what really got me going that really drove me is that we uncovered for one of our clients who was in the gourmet foods uh, business that on page four, deep down in this guy's website, on the word desserts, they got more click-through traffic from that particular ad on page four, deep in his website, at his wife that didn't have site traffic to substantiate it, than the parent distribution partner had for the word as a whole, which and obviously is statistically impossible. And this is an ad that, that the majority of viewers would likely have not stumbled across. They would never found it. It was on page four of his website. So there was obviously some kind of fraud going on. We submitted the fraud claim, and we were told, you know, with the legalese response, there is no irregular activity here that we can determine. Therefore, this is not click fraud. And, you know, my standard response, I give my legalese standard response back that just because it's not irregular does not mean that it's not, it's not click fraud just because you regularly just allow this and refuse to acknowledge it. <laughs> <laughs> so click fraud is not irregular. Um, and the problem appears to be getting worse. Yeah, it, it's, it's burgeoning and it's growing and it's flowing right now, from my opinion, through search arbitraging efforts. It's flowing through these domain parking websites that it, it's gotten out of control. And basically, you know, the, you know, the need to meet Wall Street estimates are superseding the needs for the advertisers who are paying for these dollars. And at some point, the happy medium's got to be found. Well, I... Tim, I wish we could do that. The last sentence you, you said opens a whole new barn door of questions, and unfortunately I'm being uh, IM'd from our producer. We're running out of time in this segment. Mm-hmm. Can I invite you on in a future show? Absolutely. That be would be great. Back. Um, so, friends, this was Tim Daly from Sendtech.com, lead, uh, one of the lead proponents in the fight against click fraud. Um, he wrote an uh, excellent article. Click fraud is now a mainstream issue in the uh, October 2nd, the DM News. And I imagine if you enter his name into, uh, into Google, Yahoo, MSN, Ask, Exact Secret, and the other search engines, it's Tim, D-A-L-Y. D-A-L-Y. Just say no, don't, don't, confu- 
Yeah, and don't <laughs> confuse me with the movie actor. I wish I looked as good as him. <laughs> uh, they, the old guy that was the lead. Search. Yeah, he was the lead guy on that TV show Wings way back when. So uh, many times you'll have to put Tim Daly in the word search in there, and you'll find a lot of my thoughts. <laughs> okay. Tim, thank you so much for being on the show. We'll be right back on webmasterradio.fm after, these, after this short break. All right. Thanks. The Alternative on webmasterradio.fm. We'll be back after this short commercial break. Are your domains working hard enough for you? Now, park your portfolio at RevenueDirect.com to maximize your earnings on traffic. With RevenueDirect's proven domain monetization service, you'll experience better payouts, more options, and smart optimization. Sign up free now at RevenueDirect.com. It's that easy. RevenueDirect. Make more money. Period. A rose by any other name would still be the same. Move over, Shakespeare. You need to differentiate yourself from your competition. Do it by aligning yourself with a company who has earned the trust of Jupiter Media, the NHL, and Lionsgate Films, among others. Moniker.com is the most secure ICANN-accredited register on the planet, offering you domain registration, hosting, domain sales, and acquisition services. Wrap that up with 24-7 support. That's your winning combination. M-O-N-I-K-E-R. .com. More than a name. Attention webmasters. Wish you could convert more web traffic into cash? No need to rub a lamp. Just click on genienose.com. Install a search box on your site or incorporate paid listings XML into search results and at your command. Genienose.com pays cash for each result your users click on. Enjoy prompt payment and superior customer service. Earn even more through our referral program. Genienose has delivered results. G-E-N-I-E-K-N-O-W-S.com. And now, transport back into the alternative on webmasterradio.fm. Here's your host, Jim Hedger. Welcome back to the alternative on webmasterradio.fm. We're brought to you by the ISEDN network. That's ISEDN.org. And on the phone right now, we have one of the uh, one of the original search journalists. Um, friend of mine from a long time back, and a guy who's got some changes happening in his life, Mr. Garrett French. Hey, Jim. Hey, Garrett. How's it going, man? It's going really well. It's going really well, thanks. Well, there's been some changes happening in your life recently. Oh, heck yeah. Not only have I gotten engaged, I'm very excited about that. Yeah, yeah, that was really exciting, but I actually um, was, uh, had my position terminated at uh, Market Smart Interactive, so... It's been it's been a big month for me actually this October. So which came first, the engagement or the termination? <laughs> the engagement, the engagement. Day, thank goodness, um, I may not have been as lavish with my uh, with my engagement gift. So <laughs> yeah, it was it was definitely a a shock, um, not a surprise, but a shock. Uh, I, I mean, I haven't even worked on I hadn't even worked on my resume, you know, uh, so. I, you know, I was literally working right up to the end, trying to um, kind of turn things around as well as I could from where I stood. So, you know, it was uh, it was a very very um, great learning experience for me. But um, it's over, and, and actually, it, it's been it's I've been I have not felt this good in a while. So <laughs> it's nice to not kind of be trying to trying to push that you know, kind of push that stone up the hill, so to speak. 
Well, for uh, for listeners who aren't familiar, Garrett, until earlier this week, I guess, was the editor of Search Engine Lowdown, um, yeah. the the news vehicle of MarketSmart Interactive. Is, is that correct, Garrett? That's it. That's it. I was the managing editor there. Uh, also worked with clients, um, particularly in blogging strategies, um, some article distribution work, um, kind of PR, I guess, stuff um, for, for link building and that kind of thing, and just, you know, media creation strategies for, for clients, and just trying to generally improve things where they could be improved. There are lots of opportunities there. Great crew still there. Um, we, you know, it's it's been a rough ride for for the for the whole team there, but it was um, like I said, it was a great learning experience. I've got some incredible contacts out of it. Some of whom I'm have. I was just in a long meeting today with some of my uh, former uh, coworkers, and they're, they're, who are also no longer with the company. So we're uh, lots of lots of exciting stuff and lots of opportunities still here. So, well, actually, when you think about Market Smart Interactive and. Uh, Market Smart is a division of Think Partnership. That's correct. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So when yep. you say some of the some of your former colleagues who are no longer part of the company, are we talking names like Andy Beal or Heather Lloyd Martin or Mike Reham or? No, these are these are folks who are uh, uh, who I worked more closely with. Um, Andy actually left not too long after I started at the company, and. Um, Heather and Mike were both remote, so we didn't see them very often in the office, which is actually unfortunate. It would have been great to have had a little more of their uh, guidance in, in how, we, uh, how we set up our services and that sort of thing. But, um, you know, our, our service decide wasn't interested in, in, hearing, in hearing really what they had to add. So. But, but, yeah, no, no, these are, these are not no big announcements or anything like that. This is, these are, you know, Good friends of mine who are uh, have have you know some existing clients that we're we're digging in on and kicking starting to kick some ass for so. Well, you know, I had to poke at that, and I'm, I'm probably going to have to poke at that again in a few moments. But first, I want to want to get into That's a little fine. bit of your own history here. Sure. Um, when I first came across Garrett, you were uh, you were the editor of Web Pro News. Yeah, and you guys. I mean, Web Pro News is phenomenal, by the way. I have a huge amount of admiration for, for, for Mike McDonald and his team over there. They're, they're putting out a great product. But you guys, in the early days, you guys were putting out a phenomenal product. You had a, you had a, a really well-known team. And um, on behalf of all the older guys working in the industry, I've got to ask, what happened to Brittany? You know what? Um, she, she went back to school, and last I heard of her, gosh, um, she had done some more forum work, you know, it's because it's she was moderating the Web Pro World Forum, and it's like finding a good forum moderator isn't is not easy, you know, someone who can who can juggle all the all the responsibilities and requirements there, uh, you know, of of often unruly web communities. <laughs> um, but I haven't I haven't caught up with her in a while. I've still got pals over at uh, Web Pro who I you know touch base with periodically. But I, you know, I haven't, I haven't heard from her in a while. Actually, I have. She, we're, we're friends on MySpace. Now that you mention it, we've actually, we're, we're, we're friends on MySpace. So if you go to my MySpace page, you have to dig down through some of my profiles, and she might not even be named Brittany in, in, in MySpace, but you could probably find her there. Well, I, you know, again, that's just one of those things I had to ask. So, I, um, I understand. 
you were with WebPro News, and you moved on to Search Engine to Market Smart Interactive and Search Engine Lowdown. Yeah. Um, where Where are you going next? What do you see as the future for you? So I guess you know, really, what I'm most excited about right now is in again media creation. When I say that, that can be you know whether that's article writing or blog, you know, blog strategy. But but you know, with, with a little bit more um, care given to how you know how things are, or, you know, research at the outset. What does a media space look like that you're trying to you know get distribution into? Whether that's in existing publications, whether that's in creating your own publication. So, you know, and, and, and really kind of helping companies become, uh, create their own media in a lot of ways, whether that's TV or, you know, video or, or you know, writing or PDFs, um, white paper type things. So that's, that's my main interest right now, and that's what I'm bringing to the projects that I'm working on with, with some of my buddies. Um, I'm also, you know, in, in, in my coverage at SEL, like I was really trying to dig into uh, search startups and, and search-related startups. Some of them weren't even, were just sort of, you know, tangentially search. But I really enjoyed um, talking strategy with, with startup CEOs. So I'm going to be looking for um, startup opportunities um, whether that's with with the crew I'm with right now, whether that's with some you know some existing folks in the RTP, because there's a lot of great talent in the RTP. I'm just starting to get involved in you know more you know grassroots local stuff. I've been working with the Council for Entrepreneurial Development here in the North Carolina, um, doing blog consulting for them, and there are some really really strong interesting companies around here uh, that. You know, and and a lot of strong, strong talent coming out of this area. So there, there's a to me like um, tech startup is kind of a kind of a dream of mine after having interviewed so many so many CEOs. So we'll see. That's 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 long like kind of longer range type plan. So um, short term is you know paying bills and and making it happen for uh, you know some some online companies uh, with, with media creation, but longer term would be kind of uh, some kind of tech startup. Yeah. So for newer people getting into the industry, and I, I know we have a number of uh, younger listeners in their, their late teens or early 20s, um, do you have any career advice for uh, young writers or young, uh, young journalists just, or young SEOs trying to break their way into the industry? Wow. Um, let's see. I... If somebody came to me today and said, hey, you know, I've started this blog or I want to help promote my, my new SEM startup or my, you know, even SEM side service that I do in my, at night, um, I would first talk about, I would first talk to them about looking for folks who are local to them, like literally, you know, 15, 20 miles away and see if you can kind of do some kind of partnership with them. Um, and maybe outsource some stuff, get more involved locally. Because, you know, I think oftentimes in, in the SEM world, we, we look to the, you know, the, the universe of the web as our marketplace. And, and there's a lot of opportunity, I think, locally for, um, for, for search marketing um, in, a, in a lot of cases. Uh, 
so that that'd be that's one thought. Um, another is definitely start blogging, and but more importantly, start reading um, lots of folks, um, and comment on what they're on what they're saying. You know, and it's and and find find that first client and just kick ass for them. <laughs> that's the other piece. Is really what, do what a good are you job. reading right now? Who's uh, what, what, what publications are you reading? Um. I haven't been reading as much news lately because I got really burned out with just kind of covering news and that news churn. That would be another kind of suggestion I would make to <laughs> folks. You know, it's just like there's so much news just flooding the feed readers these days that it's it's no longer necessary to read that many blogs. Um, and, and it just kind of over, it gets sort of overwhelming. So I, I really actually have enjoyed the work of a... a a writer named Grant McCracken, who's a he's a um, cultural anthropologist, but he, he but he works at large uh, he works contracts to Fortune 500 companies. So he does kind of he does he's really sort of he's just a phenomenal writer, and uh, I think he has a phenomenal mind. And I you know honestly in the past week uh, I haven't been reading that much in 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 online at all. Um, I'll, I definitely still read Search Engine Journal, you know, Marketing Pilgrim, uh, Search Engine Watch, you know, to kind of keep up on the news. And, and I really love to kick back with some SEO book, too. Um, Aaron Walls has just got some great posts. Um, so it, it just it kind of depends on my, on my mood, too. I always want to, you know, I always got to read some Boing Boing and, you know, get my, get my daily fix from, from those guys. But um, I guess... In a lot of ways, I, I I feel like you know I go to my reader and I I don't a lot of times I don't remember as well who I'm reading. I just kind of read through things and stuff pops out at me and I don't always remember who it is. So I guess that's another angle too is just fill up your reader with uh, with a bunch of feeds and you know people who seem interesting and then if you find yourself not really reading much of them, just cut them. Where uh. I'm afraid this is my last question. This time just goes way too fast on these shows. <laughs> yeah. um, when do uh, when do you expect? And I, I know this is putting you on the spot and asking you to look into the future. But um, when are we going to see your name in print again, Garrett? When do we when do we get to uh, get to experience experience your point of view again? Um, I've I've actually got a a blog going at GarrettFrench.com right now. G a r r e t t f r e n c h dot com. Um, I've just put up some video of Craig Silverstein, who spoke at UNC recently. So I've got some some cool video up there. But um, so, but I don't know when I'm going to really start uh, digging in and analyzing and thinking about um, sort of the the process behind um, content. You know, sort of being an editor for a website versus marketing a website. Um, that's that's going to be sort of my next. Uh, Series of, of, or my next angle of uh, attack on on writing uh, for for the web. So, it, and I'm not sure where that will be. If that's going to, I may target like marketing profs with that, or um, maybe search engine guide. And so, so I'm I'm not sure, but it, it's it'll it'll be probably in the next couple of weeks, couple of three weeks. I'll I'll hammer something out and try to, you know, do a good a good, good kind of hands-on framework and outline for how I think folks should be kind of uh, working working media, you know, 
creating their own media, some some strategies and and really and some really well outlined tactics for um, you know creating creating strong media presence for for companies. Okay, I'm afraid I lied. I actually have one more question for you. But all right, all right, one. just a short one. Are you going to be? Are we going to get to see at any of the conventions coming up? Ad Tech, uh, PubCon, or SES Chicago? I have no plans right now to, to attend. Unfortunately, um, I, I'm going to try to get out to. I'll try to hit Chicago, but I really doubt it. You know, it'll probably be mid '07 before I start really kicking conference attendance into into higher gear. I've yeah, got to just get, trying to make sure make sure we get this wedding paid for first, right? <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. Well, Garrett, congratulations on your engagement. I mean, that's Thanks so much. That's new news to me. That's amazing. Yeah, it's very um, exciting. We're very excited. And best of, best of luck with your with your near and long term future. I know you're going to be doing just fine. Yeah, I'm I'm excited and um, feeling good. So appreciate the opportunity and um, enjoy talking with you today, Jim. We'll talk to you again soon, Garrett. Thank you so much. Sure. All right, take care. Friends, that, that was Garrett French, uh, formerly of uh, SearchEngineLowdown.com, but um, now of GarrettFrench.com. We're just leading ourselves out towards the end of the show, but before we go, I want to uh, I want to jump back on the midterm elections coming up in uh, less than a week. You have, uh, to my American friends, you have five days to literally decide the future of the world, and. Uh, all many of us in the rest of the world see in front of us is a whole series of attack ads designed to disinterest you in political participation. Now, nevertheless, your fate and that of about six billion of your closest friends um, on this planet are going to be set in stone, or in this case, fine white marble and granite. Um, it may seem a rather, uh, rather dramatic way to look at the U.S. midterm elections, but what happens in U.S. politics affects the rest of the world, especially vis-a-vis the Internet. As a Canadian, like I said earlier, I have a hard time advising anybody how to vote or who they should vote for. At the same time, I'm a writer and and a broadcaster, and apparently I have an American audience who is likely more well-informed on the issues than I am. So what do I do? It's a pickle. I feel responsible. To be responsible, I have to say this. Think hard about who you vote for, friends, and please go out and vote. Look at the issues, especially look at the issues from a net a web perspective. The issue of net neutrality is so important to people outside of the United States, and it will affect the rest of our world. When you go to make your vote on Tuesday, please, please make an informed decision, but most importantly, go out there and exercise your right to vote. Next week is Ad Tech in New York. I'm going to be traipsing all over, all over Midtown Manhattan, trying to get good interviews and make good media and basically keep myself together in the insanity of an Ad Tech conference. Until then, I hope everybody has a great week. Again, go out and vote, friends. Uh, this is Jim Hedger. I'd like to thank our producer, Eddie, today, and also like to thank the ISEDN. Uh, network for making this possible, webmasterradio.fm for making this possible, Dave Davies from Beanstalk Incorporated for being here early in the show, and Tim Daly from Centech, and Garrett French from Garrett French. Thank you so much, folks. We'll see you again next week. 